Hi everyone, my name is Aloise, and this is the very first episode of the Take Me to the World Musical Theatre Podcast. So this is a podcast that's all about musicals, and today's episode I'm going to talk about what musicals are, kind of how I define them, the sort of musicals I'm going to be talking about, and then I'm also going to be talking a little bit about myself in this episode and giving you some background on my history with musicals and why I love them so much. Um, I'm getting this out of the way on the first episode because I figure if you guys... If somebody comes in and listens to a future episode and they're wondering why I'm obsessing about rent or whatever, then they can go back to episode number one and that's where they'll find all this information, all about uh, musicals and sort of my journey with them. So it's going to be a little uh, self-indulgent this episode. I apologize. In future episodes, I'm going to be covering um, a wide variety of topics about musicals. Sometimes I'll be talking about just one specific musical and my experience with that musical and sort of what I thought and all that kind of stuff. And then other times I'm going to be sort of talking about wide, kind of broader topics, like um, what are movie musicals and what are some good examples and bad examples of movie musicals and what are jukebox musicals. That'll be uh, the episode coming up next. It'll be about jukebox musicals. So before we uh, get to the main portion of the episode... I just want to make a couple announcements. Um, little spoiler alert, this is my first podcast, and I'm not an expert in this, so um, please bear with me. Hopefully things will get better. I don't have any sponsors for this show, so if I recommend something, it's just because I like it. I'm also not a musical theater expert. I'm not um, living in New York. I, I don't live in New York City. I'm not best friends with Patti Lapone or anything like that, so this isn't going to be a you know blog about the newest, latest upcoming shows. This isn't a blog blog. I keep saying blog. This is a podcast. Sorry, I'm so used to blogging that I'm just saying blogging. But this isn't a podcast about, you know, the hottest shows coming to Broadway. This isn't a podcast about the history of musical theater. This is just a podcast. Um, it, I'm kind of trying to keep things in layman's terms. Um, there isn't going to be music theory or, you know, I'm not Seth Rodowski. I'm not going to talk about vocalizations and uh, that different singers have. All that sort of stuff. We're, we're not going to get into that. That's not my area of expertise. I know a little bit about some of that stuff, but I'm not going to podcast about it. Uh, Like I said, I have a blog called TakeMeToTheWorld.com. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put up a podcast category. I'm going to have listings for the past episodes, so you can click on the past episode, like for this one, be episode one, and then there there'd be a a link to the podcast for the people who hadn't heard it, and then I'm also going to link to different resources. So if I talk about a show or if I mention a movie musical or something like that, I'll try to link to that, whether it's, you know, maybe to a, you know, just a general website where you can buy tickets um might be to you know listen to the cast recording or something like that i do have a playlist on spotify now like i said this isn't sponsored i just happen to use spotify i think it's pretty handy it's like 10 bucks a month and no ads and all that stuff you can download songs you can get it for free though if you don't want to pay you just don't have the option to get rid of the ads and you can't skip songs or download them but anyways i have a spotify account and i've made a playlist of lots of songs from different musicals um it's called It's Broadway Bitch, so I'll put the link for that on there. Um, it, it's called It's Broadway Bitch, but there's actually a lot of not-Broadway stuff, like some of it's off-Broadway or London cast and stuff like that. But it's it's all musicals that I've either seen myself or musicals where I've listened to the cast recording numerous times and have gotten obsessed with it. So that's that. And as you can see, um, or hear, because this is a podcast, uh, sometimes I swear that's sort of my one-listener discretion thing. I might pop out, you know... I swear when I get really excited because I love musicals so fucking much. They're just amazing. Oh my god. Not all musicals. Not all musicals, okay? I just want to put that out there. Uh, There are some musicals that I don't enjoy. 
and I do like things other than musicals. I'm not just listening to Broadway all the time. But in general, I really love musicals. And finally, if there's going to be spoilers in this show, I'll kind of let you know ahead of time. I'm going to talk about a few different musicals, but I'm, I'm not going to spoil any plot points for them. So you should be good. And both of the shows I'm going to talk about, or kind of all the shows, because I'm going to mention a couple other ones, um, most of them are pretty popular, and you've likely either seen them or know of them. The, the, the first one, if you haven't seen the first one, you're just, you're living in a rock. Come on. So anyways, that's it for kind of the intro stuff. Uh, and let's get on to the main portion of our episode. Alright, so like I said, this is a podcast. It's all about musicals. I love musicals, but first we gotta define what musicals are. Now, OxfordDictionary.com, I'm gonna use the, that thing, defines musical theater as, quote, a genre of drama in which singing and dancing play an essential part, end quote. Now, to me, that's a really simple definition. I define musicals as a... And I'm going to use musicals just instead of musical theater all the time. It just makes more sense. So I define a musical as a piece of live action or recorded performance where most, if not all, of the performers, but particularly the main cast of characters, sing integral songs that tell us about the characters within the show, tell us about the setting of the show, and advance the plot of the show, and sometimes might even future or foreshadow a future event in the show. So that's sort of my thing about musicals. Now, on this podcast, I am going to sort of focus on English sung spoken musicals in Western society. In, in North America, things that would be popular, North America in, in the UK. Um, I'm not going to focus on foreign musicals because I don't speak another language. I'm not really focused on operas or operettas because they're a bit different than musicals and I don't really know a lot about operas. That I've only seen a couple before. And um, I know there's a lot of other countries and cultures that have something like musicals or, or their own form of musicals. For example, um, there's lots of Bollywood musicals, and that's a huge industry, but I'm not familiar with Bollywood musicals at all. So I'm going to be kind of talking about what I know. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't expand my knowledge and kind of learn more about that. So if you, for example, love Bollywood movies and musicals, and you've got a suggestion on one that I should check out, uh, head to takemetotheworld.com and let me know. You can go to the... Uh, like I said, to the episode one link that will be there in podcast category. But for the most part, I'm going to be focusing on sort of the Western English-speaking singing musicals. Now, like I said, it's gonna the songs are going to tell us about the characters, the setting, and the plot. Now, an okay musical is going to do one of these things in a song. A good musical will do probably two out of three of the same things, the, these things in a song. And a great musical is going to do all three. And if you've got a fucking amazing musical, it's also going to even foreshadow future events. And it might sort of, you know show a greater theme and motif about our large society in general. So the songs have to be a part of the plot. That's that's the other thing with musical. It can't just be background musical music like in a film score. And I, I know film scores bring a lot of emotional depth to a movie and become iconic in and of itself. But a film score isn't a musical, even if it's a... Um, even with movie soundtracks. Now, there's a lot of movies... I went and Googled just movie musicals and... Obviously, there's going to be lots, but one thing that came up was Almost Famous. And don't get me wrong, Almost Famous is a 2001 Cameron Crowe film, and it's one of my favorite movies. It's about a 15-year-old boy named William Miller who gets the opportunity to follow a rock band, um, the fictitious Stillwater, on tour and write about them for Rolling Stone magazine. And it's set in sort of the early 1970s, and it's got a great soundtrack of sort of early 70s, late 60s sort of rock songs. And... I love Almost Famous. I love the music. The music is really integral to um, helping to 
sort of show the setting of this story and what rock and roll was like at the time, sort of the world that this band was living in and and all the people in the show. But it's not a musical. You know, the songs aren't about specific characters in the show. The songs don't reveal the plot to us. The songs songs do tell us about the setting. But the other thing with the musical is the music has to be sung. The songs have to be sung by the cast. And in that movie, it's not. The The only song that is is there's a scene where everybody's on a bus and they're singing along to Tiny Dancer by Elton John. But again, that's one song. It's not all of the songs. So to me, that's not a musical. That's a very heavy music-based film because I think there's there's not a lot of scenes in that movie where there isn't music playing. So it's, it's very music-based, but it's not a musical. Now, could it be a musical? Maybe at one point, but it isn't right now. So if they do a live musical version where it's all singing and dancing of Almost Famous, that would be different, but that is not Almost Famous. Now, most musicals are going to have some dancing and some movement. I'm going to be honest, I don't know a lot about dance. It's not something I'm an expert in, but pretty much every musical I've had has had some sort of dancing or choreography at some point. Um, and, and the music musicals that do have dance, you know, even though I don't know a lot about dancing, I know it's I, I know, like, the music it's kind of used to help and support to develop the characters, the plot, the setting, and the theme of the show. So, and the other thing with the musicals is um, they can have, there, there can be movie musicals and stage musicals, like I said. So I'm going to focus mostly on stage musicals, but a large part of the musicals I have seen, or at least some, some part of the musicals I have seen, have been movie musicals. Because I know that not everybody gets can get a chance to see a stage musical. Uh, so yeah, so that's sort of my definition of musicals, but if we want to go back to why I love them, I'm, this is kind of going to be the self-indulgent portion where I talk about myself and sort of my history, so um, I'm get, like I said, I'm getting this out of the way in episode one, but I didn't grow up knowing what musicals were. I, like I said, I'm not from New York or any other major theater city center. I, I'm from Edmonton, Canada. Um, and there's a great theater community here in Edmonton. There's lots of, especially with improv. Um, Edmonton was pretty revolutionary with improv back in the 80s and, and that sort of area, era. And there's lots of great community theaters here. But as a kid, I didn't really know about that. I didn't know what musicals were. Like, my parents listened to a lot of sort of 70s and 80s sort of rock songs. I, I grew up, that was sort of the music I listened to on the radio as a kid. There was some country. There was some, a um, little bit of blues, a little bit of adult contemporary kind of stuff. But my parents weren't playing, you know, Lerner and Lowe and Rodgers and Hammerstein albums as a kid. So I I didn't know about musicals until I saw my first one. Now, in a way, I kind of loved musicals before I knew what they were. Because I was always really obsessed with music. I used to love listening to the radio. I loved singing along. My favorite TV shows as a kid were any shows that had singing and dancing. You know, things like, like I said, I'm Canadian, so things like uh, Sharon Loves and Bram's Elephant Show was a popular show back in the 80s and 90s. Um, That was, like, one of my favorite shows. Another show that I loved was called Today's Special, and it took place in a department store, and there was this mannequin named Jeff, and at the end of the night, if you said the words Hocus Pocus Alamogocus, he would come to life and sing and dance. And uh, so the cast of that show, there was lots of singing and dancing and music. I used to love... The uh, renting those Disney sing-along VHS tapes, um, they would, they, they, so there was a movie theater that was, or not a movie theater, a movie rental store that was close to where I lived, and it was always, if, if my parents got a movie that they rented, then you could get a kid's movie for free, 
and like my brother would rent Ninja Turtles or something like that, and I would rent the Disney sing-along tapes. I love those. So if there was kind of music involved, I was in it. Um, and so now I'm going to talk about The Little Mermaid, because when I was five, that's when The Little Mermaid came out to theaters, and it sort of changed my life. Now, I want to make it clear that I'm pretty sure I'd seen Disney movies before The Little Mermaid, um, like the older kind of movie, musical Disney movies like, you know, Cinderella had songs and Pinocchio. Most most of these older Disney cartoons had, had songs in them. But The Little Mermaid was sort of the first movie that I became obsessed with. I I love this movie. I love the songs. I wanted to be Ariel. I wanted to swim in the sea and, and be a mermaid and have red hair. But like I said, I, I really love the songs. I used to sit upstairs in my bedroom with my Brown Fisher Price tape player, and I would listen to Part of Your World over and over again, and I'd sing along. And if I thought I was singing something wrong, if I messed up the lyrics, or if I sung something off-key, or it sounded off-key to me, I'd rewind the song and I'd sing it again. And I would just, I would do that constantly. Like, so I didn't know what stage musicals were at the time. Like, I'd never gone to see a musical on stage, and I'd never really seen a live, like a non-cartoon, a live sort of version of a musical, like The Sound of Music or What's That Story. But I just knew that I loved music and I loved singing, and if a TV show or a movie had music or someone singing, it was even better. So there was a lot of great Disney movies that then came out. And I, I, I love, like, it's sort of, that's sort of my childhood. I, I grew up watching Little Mermaid, then Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin, and The Lion King. And I love all of those movies, but The Little Mermaid's kind of the one that's closest to my heart because it's sort of my first love as far as a, a movie musical goes. Now, I, I mentioned that I didn't listen to or didn't see a movie musical, or a stage musical, sorry, right away, and I didn't. Um, I didn't know what a stage musical was, but when I was eight, there was a rerun um, of Annie that came on TV. Now, this was the uh, original movie of Annie from the 80s with Carol Burnett as Mrs. Hannigan, not the sort of newer one that came out a couple years ago. And I remember watching it, and my mom told me that her friends had seen this on stage in New York City. Now, this might sound really dumb, but you have to remember that I'd never seen a stage musical before, and my eight-year-old brain could not process this information. Like, I was trying to, it was like I was trying to imagine all of New York City on a stage, and I couldn't figure out how they, how would, they would make that work, and it just, it just didn't make sense to me. So, I, I was really confused. I was like, I don't understand this. How does this, this how, how, what do you mean you could see this on stage? And then I saw my first musical on stage. And then I kind of got how musicals work and how they're staged. When I was nine, my grandparents got my aunt, my cousin, and myself each a ticket to see a Canadian touring production of The Phantom of the Opera. This was my first experience with a musical. Now, as an aside, I know Andrew Lloyd Webber is not everyone's favorite musical con theater composer. I don't love all of his work, but I do like some of it, and I am going to say that for a first-time theater-goer to experience something like The Phantom of the Opera, that's a pretty fucking dope musical theater experience. The Phantom of the Opera, it says it's an opera. It's really not an opera. Um, I mean, it sounds a little operatic in parts, but it's not, as far as I'm, what I understand an opera to be, it's, it's not like a traditional opera. But what it is, is it's a big, lavish, over-the-top spectacle of a musical. There's a lot of romance and mystery and intrigue. The costumes are opulent. The set, the, the the set, like the masquerade ball scene. Holy crap, that set is amazing. And so, as a kid, 
I was just friggin' blown away. Like, I remember reading an article in our local paper that the dress Christine wears on the balcony at the end of Act 1 was the price of a car. And I was just like, holy crap. <clears throat> There's a lot of special effects, too, in the show that kind of happen. Now, I remember we went and saw it, and we were kind of sitting near the back of the auditorium on the main floor. There was there's uh, th there's a, a main floor and two balconies <clears throat> at the theater that I saw this in. And my mom's friends had seen the show, but they were kind of sitting closer up. So, unfortunately, they kind of saw how the special effects worked, whereas I didn't get to see sort of that. So it, it was all magic when sort of the smoke comes and you see the candles and all that kind of stuff. And, like, when the chandelier crashes down. Spoiler alert, sorry, guys. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Chandelier crashes down at the end of Act 1. But, yeah, it just blew me away. Now, here's a fun fact. The production that I saw at the Phantom of the Opera was a Canadian touring production, and I saw it back in 1994. It had Jeff Hislop as a Phantom, and Jeff Hislop is the actor who played Jeff the Mannequin in my favorite kids' show, Today's Special. So my mind was, I was so fucking excited for this show. Like, I was like, oh my god, I get to see Jeff as the Phantom. This is amazing. Now, here's the thing. The Phantom of the Opera... I wouldn't say it's... I, I think when I saw it, I think being about 9, 10 years old, that was an okay for, age for me to see this show. Um, I think if I'd been a little bit younger, I probably would have gotten bored or it wouldn't have held my interest. Um, but I can definitely say at that age, I totally missed some of the more adult themes in the show. Uh, like, as a kid, I saw the Phantom, or Eric, as, you know, this really sad character who was just misunderstood, and if someone could just be friends with him, everything would be better. And in a way, that's true, but now as an adult, I can also see that Eric was very manipulative and abusive in the way he treated Christine, and, you know, that wasn't right, and that sort of thing. So, it's kind of interesting. I've seen The Phantom again as an adult, and there's a lot of things that kind of went over my head as a kid, but I think that's true for a lot of things, like, not necessarily, um, I haven't seen Shrek the Musical, but the movie Shrek, I remember it came out when I was in high school, and I remember thinking, I can't believe this is a kid's movie because it's so adult. And I've talked to people who are younger than me that grew up as a kid watching Shrek, and they go, yeah, no, I totally missed all of the adult stuff in the show. And that's just sort of the thing. Your, your age and your experience is kind of going to color how you see something. So, but yeah, The Phantom was my first show, and just seeing the spectacle, listening to this kind of operatic soundtrack, of the show, it just opened up the world of musical theater for me. Now, like I said, I, I was born in Edmonton, Canada. I grew up in a small city outside of Edmonton. And for a long time, like, after seeing The Phantom of the Opera, I would just kind of go see the one big touring production of a musical that would come to town. Now, like I said, th there's lots of community theater in Edmonton, and so I'm sure there was probably other musicals that were playing in, you know, high school productions or smaller community theaters or other theaters. But I didn't really know of them, and this was, you know, before the age of the internet and social media. I mean, the internet was out there, but it's kind of just getting going. So I didn't know about all of the shows that were probably out there, so I would just go see the one kind of big Canadian touring production that would come to the uh, big theater, which was the Jubilee Auditorium. That's where I saw The Phantom. So the next year I went and saw Les Miserables. Then I saw Tommy, then I saw Annie, then I saw Cats, then I saw Chicago, then it was Rent. So stuff like that. Now, to kind of appease this sort of growing need to listen to musicals and see more musicals, I'd go to the library and I'd take out CDs and cassettes of musicals and listen to shows that weren't on tour. So that's how I got to hear shows like West Side Story or Little Shop of Horrors. 
Um, and then if there was a movie musical that came on TV, like maybe Grease, I'd go and watch that. I remember I watched The Sound of Music for the first time when I was at my grandparents. And Sound of Music is a very popular musical, but like I think it was about 14 or 15 when I watched it for the first time. Um, and then there was lots of sort of uh, live-action di Disney musicals that I watched, like um, Mary Poppins or Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, that sort of thing. I love musicals. I love listening to musicals. I am a big fan of going to see what you can see. So I'm not going to tell you that you need to go to New York City and see a Broadway show or go to London and see a West End show. If you, if you don't live in New York or London or if you can't afford something like that, that's fine. Go to your local community theater. Now, that's not to say that I love every musical I've seen or listened to because, you know, even if you love books, you're not going to love every book you read, right? But I can appreciate any musical production where I see there's been a lot of heart put into it, where I can, you know, where the story, the characters are, are well developed and and that sort of thing. So, like I said, I, I'm a big fan of community theater. I love the creativity that comes from community theater for, for musicals and for plays. I, I do watch plays, but this podcast is going to be about musicals because that's sort of what I obsess about more. Um, I, I like the fact that you kind of have to use your imagination for some stuff. And, and I like to see how imaginative, you know, sets and props and costumes can be to help tell the story. So, you know, things that people might find really cheesy when somebody says something like, oh, a helicopter landed, it's, you know, an actor points off stage where the audience can't see. I sort of love that. I love the cheesiness and the creativity that theater can bring. Now, that's not to say all shows are just corny and hokey. There's a lot of serious musicals, too. Now I'm going to say I've been to New York City three times and I've seen a few musicals on Broadway and I've been to London four times. Um, that's mostly because I was living in Dublin for a couple of years. So I went to London like three times in two years and I've seen shows on the West End and they're incredible. But like I said, I'm not going to tell you that any musical outside of New York or London or another major theater community is garbage because that's not true. 95% of the musicals I've seen have been here in Edmonton. A lot of them have been local community theater productions. So if you get a chance to see a big show on Broadway or the West End, by all means go. Or if you get a chance to see a big kind of professional touring production, national tour of a show, go ahead and go. But if you can only afford to see a bunch of high school kids, put on Annie Get Your Gun. Or if you've only been able to see the movie version of Chicago and not the stage musical of Chicago, then it's all good. And I'm going to talk about a couple local productions that I've seen. Um, one thing about Edmonton is uh, Edmonton has the Edmonton International Fringe Festival. It's held for 10 days in August, and it's the second largest fringe festival in, in the world after the one in Edinburgh. And it's my favorite fucking festival ever. Edmonton has a lot of different festivals, especially in the summer. But the fringe is, screw my birthday, screw Christmas, any other time of the year, the fringe is the best. It's my favorite time of the year. So I always try to see a couple shows at the fringe. And a couple years ago, I saw a musical version of the movie Coraline, and I guess it had played off-Broadway. I don't think it did too well. This was sort of the Canadian debut of the show, but I really liked it. I thought it was really creative, and, and the music was really kind of interesting. Just the way they told the story was great. Um, there was another musical I saw there called Ordinary Days by Adam Guan at the same festival, um, about four people living in New York, and it was just a really good story, great songs. So I like... I mention this because I like kind of checking out sort of new musicals, things that are a little bit smaller, maybe less well-known too, but I'm not going to be talking just about really obscure musicals. I like big commercial smashes like Le Mis and Wicked and Rent, and I like smaller, lesser well-known shows. 
I like Andrew Lloyd Webber's shows, I like Stephen Sondheim's shows, and the way some musical theater nerds talk about these two composers, you'd think you'd have to pick one over the other, but you don't. I, I like a wide variety. Like I said, I don't like every musical, but chances are there's going to be something about the musical that I do like, even if I don't like the show in general and feel I need to watch it again and again. Now, people might ask, um, like, I, I love musicals so much, why aren't I in one? Why am I not pursuing this professionally? So, I'm going to be honest, I can sing. I haven't really sung, sang, uh... <laughs> I haven't, I haven't sang in choirs or anything like that like I used to as a kid, but as a kid I, I sang a lot in choirs uh, in church at school, um, and I was pretty good. I'd get solos. I was probably, I, I was definitely a soprano then. I'm probably more of a soprano alto now. Um, my vocal range is not as strong as it used to be, but I, even though I love singing and standing on stage and singing a song was not at all a problem for me, um, there's a reason I didn't pursue career on Broadway, and that's because Number one, I hate dancing. Number two, I hate acting. And number three, I hate auditioning. So, yeah, with a musical, you need to be able to sing, dance, and act. And you have to audition for parts. And so if you don't want to dance, act, or audition, then being on Broadway probably isn't going to happen. And when I first started getting into musicals, I kind of was like, oh, I'm going to be a star on Broadway. This will be my thing. And then I realized when I got to high school that that probably wasn't going to be my thing. Because I got to be in a couple of musicals. In grade 11, I was in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolored Dreamcoat. And in grade 12, I was in Fiddler on the Roof. And I just want to say, I wasn't the lead. I was in the chorus for both shows. And musical theater was probably my favorite class in high school. There was a lot of hard work because we had to... You weren't just in class doing the show. You had to stay after class and after school to work on parts. And then everybody who was in the show also sort of helped with some behind-the-scenes stuff. Like you'd work on costumes or help with the set or the the props, that sort of thing. Um, but I realized that I, I don't like acting. I don't really like dancing. I hate auditioning so much. It just, it's not my thing. And I'm not super passionate about it. And the thing with, you know, if you want to be a performer in a musical or an actor or an actress, you got to be good with rejection. You got to be good with going to audition after audition you got to work hard. There's not a lot of payoff for, you know, there, there might not be any payoff. You might not make it, right? So that's the thing to me. If you've, you've got to have a lot of faith in your abilities. And so I just want to say serious props to anybody who's trying to make it into the theater world because, like I said, it's not a career path with guaranteed success. There's a lot of hard work and not a lot of stability, and it's not for everyone. And when I kind of did these musicals, I realized being in a musical is fun, but I wouldn't want to have to rely on this to pay my bills and feed me. Now, that's not to say I picked an easy career path because I studied writing communications in school and I'm trying to get writing off the ground and that's not really guaranteed success. But for me, writing comes a lot easier to me than, than singing and acting and dancing on stage. And like I said, I could sing, but the acting and the dancing, I didn't like it, and I wasn't very good at it either. So, you know, if I had two out of the three, maybe that would be different. But one out of the three, not so much. Now, I don't, so I don't really perform in musicals. I haven't done any musicals since high school. But as an audience member, I love musicals. I get goosebumps before seeing a show. And when I was a kid, I used to think to myself, like, what's going on backstage? What's everyone feeling? Like, like the theater and musicals were these magical places. And I think that's because they are magic. 
it's one reason why I love musicals. Anything with live theater, anything can happen. There's, um, you know, I, this is going to sound kind of cheesy. I'm going to use things like words like collective energy, but there's a collective energy from the audience that, and the cast that kind of feed off of each other. And I can tell you this uh, from, from being in a show and from watching shows that it's always going to be different. You can pick any musical, you could see it live several times in a row, and it would be a different experience every time. It's always unique. And I think because as, as an audience, how you perceive and experience each production is unique, you're going to come in with a different mindset, with different thoughts, different feelings. You know, sort of even something as simple as the kind of day you have can sort of affect your experience with the musical. And that's sort of going to affect the energy of how the performers and everybody else in the audience kind of kind of works like that that's why that's why I love musicals it's, it's just it's live and anything can happen you know there's been I'm sure there's been musicals where something goes wrong but the show must go on right like it's just one of those things in a movie musicals are great I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that I love all movie musicals but I appreciate that they can reach a people you know, a group of people who might not be able to see the stage production of the musical. But with a movie musical, if somebody makes a mistake or says something wrong, you know, the director's going to say cut and they're going to reshoot that scene. With a stage musical, if somebody makes a mistake, you know, just as one example, you can't stop and go, sorry guys, I just got to redo this part here. Let's let's just go back to stage left and try this again. No, that's not going to happen. The show must go on. So the show goes on. You keep performing. So that's sort of the thing. And I, I'm not trying to say that, you know, there's lots of mistakes in live theater. Generally, if there is a mistake, it's not something, you know, as, as long as the actors aren't kind of focusing on it, it's usually not something the audience can see. But that's just one example. Anything can happen in live theater. In a movie, it, it's a little bit different. Now, I'm going to talk about movie musicals in a future episode, but that's just sort of one example. The other thing I like about musicals and like I said I've seen plays there's lots of plays that I like but I really like musicals because I'm a very music focused oriented kind of person music's kind of been the way I've understood the word world from a young age and so I like musicals because unless you're seeing like a new show or something kind of experimental there's gonna be a cast recording there's gonna be maybe it'll be an original Broadway cast recording maybe it'll be a London cast maybe it'll be a revival cast if you see a musical at the community theater theater um, obviously, the cast recording is going to be totally different people than who you saw on the show, but it's going to have the same songs, the same music. So I love musicals because I get to listen to the songs again and again. And when I listen to the songs, I like listening, re-listening to the songs for a couple of reasons. First of all, there's some songs, even today when I hear them, I can just be transported back to the theater where I originally saw the musical, and I can get the same kind of feeling that I had when I watched the musical. Now, music is very tied to memory, so that sort of makes sense to me. Um, but the other thing I like about music is I like kind of listening to the musical motifs and themes. So these are like, these are like little musical themes or lyrics that kind of repeat through different songs in the show that might, um, tell us more about a character and their sort of theme, or might sort of reveal more about a plot. And to me, these are just like fun little treasures that I get to find after a show. Now, there's not every musical is going to have a lot of musical themes and motifs, especially if it's like a jukebox musical, there probably won't be a ton. Or if there is, it's just going to be in the orchestration and not in the songs that people sing, because the songs are all different. But most musicals are going to have some. And so you get this benefit of 
musicals being live theater where anything can happen and no two shows are going to be the same. But then you also get to have a recording of a musical where you can listen to the same songs over and over again and pick up different treasures. And there's some songs, like I said, that will transport me back to the theater. There's some songs that I call my Goosebumps songs, and I get friggin' Goosebumps every time I listen to them. I'll give you some examples. Um, one song, there's a musical I saw in New York City about eight years ago called Next to Normal. It's a really great musical. It, um, it deals with how mental illness affects a family. And there's a song in the show, it's the third song, it's called Who's Crazy slash My Psychopharmacologist and I. And there's one line at the end of the song um, that uh, the character Dan sings that gives me goosebumps every friggin' time. Every time. Just, it doesn't matter. There's other songs where, you know, so, some songs just make me cry instantly. Um, now, Next to Normal is a show that I'll cry a lot in. Le Mis is a show I'll cry a lot in. Um, Rent, I will cry profusely in Rent. If, if I listen to the reprise of I'll cover you. I'm going to start bawling. I'm just kind of tearing up thinking about that song. So music's a very emotional sort of connection. But on the same hand, there's also a lot of shows where I can listen to the songs and friggin' laugh my ass off every time I hear them. Um, Book of Mormon's got a lot of songs like that. Now, it's kind of funny because I lived for a couple years in Ireland, and I worked at a pub, and for some reason... My manager had this playlist, and there was a lot of sort of like kind of jazz standard songs, but then there would be random songs from musicals. And I think all of my coworkers were like, oh, this is so stupid, musicals. But I was in heaven, so they'd play songs from Chicago. And then a song from the Book of Mormon came on. and It's um, the song, uh, the, the Act 2, um, or Act 1 sort of finale, the Man Up song. Now, here's the thing with Book of Mormon. It's written by the, the guys who did South Park. So it's a, a there's a lot of uh, swearing and sort of adult stuff in that show, and there's one line that somebody says, and it was just it's like the funniest line, but also I was like I cannot believe this song is being played in a family pub because in, in Ireland most pubs kids can go into at least to a certain part, and a lot of pubs serve food and stuff, so it's a little bit different than you know day drinking at a bar back home, but it was just one of those like. Holy crap, this song's hilarious. I, I was, like, smiling the entire time I was listening to it, but I was also like, this is so inappropriate. <laughs> this is so inappropriate. But there's lots of shows that make me laugh, and that's just kind of one example. The Producers, Fan a Lot, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, songs from those shows I can listen to, and I'll kind of giggle every time I hear them. So there's a lot of emotional connection for me in musicals. You know, so you get to experience live theater when you see a musical, but you also get a recording of the music when you listen to the soundtrack or the cast recording and some musicals have movie versions so you can watch a you know one artist one director you know's interpretation of a show now i should say that lots of shows have more than one cast recording um and so that's kind of i always kind of find that sort of the first cast recording that i listen to whether it's the broadway or the london or whatever because sort of the first one to listen to is sort of my favorite but i always kind of appreciate all of them because it's interesting to listen to you know different singers and musicians interpret a song, how they, how they how they work. For example, I've been re-listening to a chorus line, and in that musical, there's an opening song called God, I Hope I Get It. So I've been listening to the original Broadway cast recording of that show, and then the new cast recording. I think the original Broadway cast was like the mid-70s, like 1975 or so. New cast is from like 2006. And in that opening song, the tempo, which is the speed of the music, you know, how fast the musicians are playing and the singers are singing, 
it's so much faster than the original Broadway cast. It's like crazy fast. It's just, it's so interesting to hear that difference and to kind of wonder like, why, why did they slow it down for the new cast? Why is it so fast? And like that, just that sort of that thing is kind of always in my brain. It's like, why, why is this interpreted this way? What, what is the performer trying to say here? That kind of thing. So I think that's enough about my love for musicals and, you know, what they are and, and why I love them. Um, this is a, a pretty long intro episode, but now I won't be talking so much about, you know, why I'm obsessed with musicals. I think this kind of gives you a bit of an idea. Um, as mentioned before, I'm going to talk about specific musicals on this podcast. Sometimes I'm going to talk about a general topic. Uh, next episode is going to be a general topic. It's going to be about jukebox musicals, um, just what they are, um, some examples of different jukebox musicals, if they're worth listening to or seeing, or if they're horrible things that should not exist. Um, as mentioned before, if you go to takemetheworld.com, that's where you'll find the resources for this episode. You can check out the podcast category, episode one. All the resources, all the shows I talk about will be here in some form. Uh, that's also a link to the Spotify playlist. It's Broadway Bitch, and you can listen to a bunch of musicals. Just want to mention with the playlist, um, it's full cast albums, and I've arranged the cast albums on that playlist just sort of in a random order. So Hamilton's the first one on there, but it's not because Hamilton's my favorite show, although I really did love Hamilton. It's just that was the first show that popped up on the random list that I did. So there we go. So I kind of want to know um, your thoughts. Head to takemetheworld.com podcast episode one. Uh, let me know if there's any musicals you think I should listen to or see. Let me know, do you like musicals? Which ones do you like? Um, if you have any recommendations, like I said, please let me know. I always like listening to and seeing, hearing music, new musicals if, if possible. All right. So 40 minutes later, I think we're done. Thanks very much for listening. And, um, I will see you guys on the next episode.